0: This is Sarah and Laura from Clear Eyes (laughs) ourselves. Hi! And we're here to talk to you today about privilege and class and how that's depicted in all kinds of books. Yes. And it's sort of, what kind of prompted us was a lot of the discussion that's going on around the book Just One Day by Gail Foreman. Yes. And... Uh, interesting dialogue about the main character And kind of her experiences And that sort of thing Because it's quite interesting
1: Yes, and I think it's kind of related To our previous podcast a bit Where we're talking about diversity And just a different kind of diversity this time Which is more economic As opposed to ethnic or racial So I think it's an interesting subject
0: I do too, actually <laughs> And it actually made me, when I we started talking about this I started going through my list of books I've read in the last few years. and it's I did that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really interesting because there's so many, actually, that sort of either do it, handle that really well or really badly. Like, there's yeah. some that, like, I actually rated really low purely on this almost ridiculously stereotypical nature of depicting social class.
1: Yeah. And, and a lot of times, it's um, especially if you're talking about Somebody who is poor, a lot of times it's presented more as an issue book. Yeah, I feel like where uh, I'm just like, why can't this character have two loving, hardworking parents who just are not wealthy? It happens all the time. It you happens all I mean? the time. Like, yeah, but I feel like most of it, it's like presented as an issue, or the parent is abusive, or the parent is alcoholic, which like definitely happens. Yeah, but, it's, but all, it's presented as
0: like an obstacle. Yeah. As opposed to you know just the way the life is. So yeah. like,
1: and I thought um, Katie from Readventurer, or however you say that. I'm sorry if I said it wrong, but had a really good point in her comments where she was saying white people are not portrayed as poor often in books, um, and they don't do a good, well-rounded job of it. And I thought about it, and she's right. There's not very
0: many. No, Katie said something really, really astute about how that really doesn't happen very often. And mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, one of the only... Um... Poor people are usually minorities, I feel like. Yeah. They're not <clears throat> Asian, and I didn't really think about it no it was a really really astute observation and um i think what she i'm actually looking for her i should have been more prepared i'm actually looking for her comment Comment. because it was really smart
1: it was very smart
0: (laughs) um (laughs) and um and and she's right it's it was... I mean, one of the few authors... There's a couple authors I can think of who consistently do that. Yes. And, you know, we mentioned last time Mindy Scott does yeah. that.
1: Jennifer Eccles,
0: I was thinking of Going Too Far. She does that. And um, a Rush. I mm-hmm. thought she bittersweet. Yeah. And Sarah Zarr does that in yes. a, a couple of her books as well. And But that's... I mean, that's a really... That's a handful. I mean, that's a yeah. really... Um, very very small number of books um and i almost feel like i should read katie's comment but that might embarrass her (laughs) (laughs) but um and one of the the things katie had said is one of the things that drew her to eleanor and park which laura didn't particularly enjoy but um That's sort of an understatement of the century, actually. Um, But was that um, Eleanor and Park was the, she said, the relative novelty of a very poor white female character. And it's, I mean, especially when you talk about, if Mm -hmm. you want to talk about female characters, that's really, 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 really rare. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think story of a girl. Yeah. And... I can't think of very yes. <laughs> They're often, they're usually boys, to be honest. They, are. they are. And
1: the thing is, is with Eleanor in Park, though, it was still, in many ways, presented as an issue,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to just, you know, well, I mean, it was just the way her life was, but it was also, there was a lot of abuse in her home, and mm-hmm. I think it was, a lot of it was presented as an issue, as opposed to, you know, like I was
0: saying, why can't it not be that way? So the first book we wanted to talk about was Just One Day. Yes. And that, for folks who haven't read it, um, is about a teenage girl. She's 18. She's recently graduated from high school, and her parents have sent her on a trip to Europe, which she's not enjoyed particularly. Yeah, Honestly, it sort of sounds like I would hate that kind of trip too, so I kind of had some sympathy for that. Um, Very structured, very kind of protected, formal kind of European – Trip, sort of old school. Yeah. Not your sort of
1: see all the tour stuff. Yeah. Not your grab your
0: backpack and like take the train and talk to the local sort of situation. Um, But she comes from a very, very wealthy family. Her dad's a doctor, correct? Yes. And her mother stays at home. And it's, there's a lot of interesting family dynamics that come out towards the end of the book that we won't talk about because we'll kind of ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh you know I in a lot of ways, like Allison's experience is really interesting because like I did not grow up with those sorts of opportunities, but I actually found her experiences really really relatable in, yeah um because it, she kind of ditches the trip at the very end and takes off for a day to France with this actor dude, um which I have never done, but it's um, really cool <laughs> it's just, yeah, and they spend a day running around Paris and they don't even see any of the cool stuff in Paris, um which is also kind of the sort of thing that. Kind of happens yeah um, in if you do that kind of unstructured travel in Europe and um, then he something happens and she spends the rest of basically the year yeah um figuring out how to get back to Europe and um, it's really hard not to ruin
1: that book it is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically it, like the the main part of the book she's in college mm-hmm. and she's not very happy she's miserable um and she knows that she should be happy like she goes through parts in this book where she's like i don't understand why i'm not happy
0: because yeah on um, paper it seems like she has she's at this great private university yeah um, and it's you know she's having her freshman year of college which should be everyone, you know, on paper it seems like it should be super awesome and super exciting and she's meeting new people and you know she's taking all the classes she's supposed to take and it yeah. should be you know she's on this path to her future and she's miserable. And I thought that was actually really an interesting tension. That was the part of the book I liked the most to be honest. Yeah, I thought and I
1: think it's really I think that happens to a lot of people. Whether they are, you know, rich or poor or whatever, when they go to college and they're presented with this new environment um, that is unfamiliar to them, I think it's really common to feel very overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, you sort of have this picture in your mind of what it should be like, and unfortunately reality is really like what things should be like. Um, And... You know, I I found her sort of angst about, you know, I should be studying these things and I should love them and it should put me on this path to be this certain sort of person with a certain career very, very relatable. Yeah. I mean, I...
1: I did too. I did that that in
0: college. Yeah. You know, and I grew
1: up in a house where we had really particular expectations we didn't have financial problems but there were still really particular expectations placed on us that made it seem that we it made it feel like we didn't have opportunities in a different way than somebody from like a lower maybe economic level would feel um just because my parents just wanted really particular things from us, and they wanted made, a specific yeah, set of outcomes. Yeah, and I felt <laughs> yeah. like I was really boxed in in that way, and I didn't really have any control over the situation because I was a minor in the care of my parents. <laughs> you know, I didn't. What was I supposed to do? I mean, like technically, when you turn eighteen, you have this option of like going out on your own and doing your own thing, but it's
0: that's really, really hard.
1: hard. <laughs> <laughs> like having a good job, and, like, you know what I mean. Like it's a really difficult thing, and um, so I really related to Allison on that level where she felt very restricted.
0: Yeah, because her parents and didn't had, really
1: know what to do about it. Her it family really hard. basically
0: decided she should. Her what she should want is yeah. to be a doctor, and that was just always sort of the reality in her home. And it wasn't. It was interesting because it wasn't. It wasn't even something that was sort of decreed. It was just sort of assumed. Yes. And so she'd always sort of lived with this assumption that she wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. And one of the things that really changes for Allison is, you know, as part of her general education requirements is she had to take other classes. Yeah, which outside is, you know, of the
1: pre-med thing. Why
0: I highly recommend a liberal arts education, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a product of a liberal arts education. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, and, and I was a music major, and most of my classes were centered on music, but we did have other requirements, and I think that's a good thing, you know.
0: And so she has to take a Shakespeare class, and that brings back all of this stuff, and um, from Europe, from Shakespeare Europe, Shakespeare is very important in this book. Yes, and yeah, you can nerd out about Shakespeare if that sort of floats your boat. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. It's been really interesting, and it's I've, I've read a number of reactions to that book, which have been very they've been very people have been really troubled by um, the the direction Allison goes in in terms of her sort of expensive education, um, which I thought was
1: weird because it was clearly yeah. stated that it was. A requirement that she not take some premed that some of her that she had to have diversity in her her education. I thought it was very strange, Um, and I also thought it was really strange that people had an issue with one of the class she took and not the other. Um, I felt like some people did not have an issue with the Shakespeare class, but they but
0: they with the pottery class. Yeah,
1: and I thought that was really interesting that that was because I don't necessarily see why. Pottery and Shakespeare don't have equal value. That's just my opinion. But I thought that was very strange.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I it's funny, I because I now I teach at this art college and um you know, I see a lot of people who really benefit from actually physically doing things with yeah. their hands as part of their learning experience. And that wasn't my my learning experience. I went to a nerd school where I really, I did, like, where it was, like, lots of, like, discussion about all kinds of things and books and all that stuff. And, I mean, I don't remember, I'm sure there were classes you could take where you actually made stuff. Yeah. um, But I don't, it wasn't part of the requirements. Um, But, man, I see how some of these kids, it really, like, being able to actually create a thing as part of their educational experience is, it's, like, transformative. Yeah, I and so it's just it's an interesting, and that was what I thought of when I read that book was these kids that I see all the time who that means so much, but that at a class actually is new and really an important part of the book. Yeah, that it's just part of her being forced to confront um, that maybe all these things she's assumed she wants to do aren't what she wants to do. Yeah, um, and that sort of introspection, but you know the. What's really interesting is when she decides she wants to go back to Europe and that's not something her family will support. Yes. And so she has to figure out how do I... How to accomplish this on her own. And I thought that was quite sympathetic in a lot of ways because that's a, that's a hard thing to learn if you've not had to do that.
1: Yeah, and it's also really hard, I think, to, no matter how much money your family has to express, to figure out how to express what you want when it goes against what your parents want. And I think it's really hard to figure out how to make your parents understand you sometimes, and I don't really think money makes a difference in that way.
0: Um, Yeah, and I I just, that book made me think more of my own college experience so much because I went to, like, a really fancy school. Yeah. And I was, like, like, one of the, I mean, There were... At that time, and it's changed a lot, there were not a lot of kids on financial aid. And I was one of the kids who had financial aid. Yeah. And... um, And it was quite... It reminded me so much of the people that I went to school with Mm -hmm. who, you know, like their parents demanded to see their grades. Their parents had to approve their class schedules there. And all of those things, actually, legally speaking, are all
1: not legal. Not legal.
0: Yeah. Um, but it was just such an almost, like, oppressive demand, um, you know, that their parents okay, you know, whatever classes they were teaching taking, and that they, you know, even to the point of, like, I always think it's weird, like, people do extracurricular activities in college, but, like, they had certain things they were expected to get involved in, because mom and dad had been involved in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were expected to maybe pledge a fraternity, because dad had been in the fraternity, and you had to do that, and, um... You know, in a lot of ways, me as like the financial aid kid, like I couldn't, you know, spend all my time at bars like so many of them did because they had <laughs> seriously because they just had like, they yeah. mom and dad didn't care what they used the credit card for, yeah. Um, but like I could kind of take whatever classes I wanted and yeah, do what I wanted to do and you know, assuming I could pay for it, um, you know, and I it, in some ways, like I had, was a lot freer at that point in my life than a lot of my classmates were and yeah. I really started to see that as you know I got a little older and you know in retrospect it's like I you know I changed my major and you know what no one got to have a say in that except for me yeah. and that was you know and I had friends who you know wanted to major in I had a friend who wanted to major in music but was you know majored in international business yeah, because that was what dad said you were supposed to major in
1: yeah.
0: and that's a which time. I really
1: relate to that, um, cause that's something that happened in my family too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it was, I mean, and it was an issue, I mean, even when I got older, like, there were, I mean, because I am extremely willful, <laughs> I'll Get just fake. put it that way, <laughs> and, you know, and I ended up, you know, studying music in college, and it was an issue, um. For one of my siblings, that I was able to do that um, when that had been taken away from him. And I don't know if it continues to be an issue now, but even like, I mean, because my brother is six years older than me, and I would say by the time I got to college, it had been like more than a decade since he had started college, and it was still something that really wrangled him that that got taken away from him at a young age, especially when he was so gifted. Um, so, I'm really related to that, and I just think it's hard to go against what your parents want.
0: Yeah, and I thought Cal did such a good job of addressing the nuances yeah. of that without hitting you over the h- head with it. Yeah. Because it could have been obnoxious, sort of a like, rich people have it so hard too, and she yes. didn't do that. I didn't think like, she did. Like, it was very, um, and, you know, it was... And Especially with, as other yeah. things come out about their family, right. it made more and more sense. And it made me much more sympathetic to the situation that Allison found herself in and that sort of how hard it was. And it's crazy if you think about it sort of in, you know, as like, a, you know, a grown up person who's like, well, why is it so hard to, you know, study the thing you want to study? Like, come yeah. on. But she did a really good job of sort of slowly revealing how very hard it is to be in that. Um, a situation where sort of the economic forces in a theoretically positive way can have yeah. a negative impact, and that I've yeah. seen and that she a whole really lot.
1: It re- made me remember <laughs> like how when you're 17, 18, and you just mm-hmm. go into college, and you don't, you're still not at an age a lot of times, I feel like, where you're in a position to appreciate what your family's done for you financially just because that's the way your life has always been
0: oh totally
1: um yeah and it's really hard to like see that when you're that age i think still i still don't know that i really appreciated those aspects of my life until i was into my 20s mm-hmm. um so i really did relate to allison in that way
0: well and i also thought that it she that book and there's a few others i can think of that do that as well that. Talk the talk about money as a form of control, Mm -hmm. and that's something that you don't see a whole lot. um, Because even like you know something that's like more on the fluffy side of things, like Anna and the French Kiss, yeah, and her father sending her to France to that fancy boarding school, which, like, sounds to me, like, because as a kid who dreamed of going to boarding school, like, I thought that would be the coolest thing in life. Like, I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. Awesome. Woo. But, you know, Anna doesn't want to be there, and because she knows the reason her dad does that is to sort of, to have it be a reflection on him. Mm -hmm. It has nothing whatsoever to do with her. Yeah. And those sort of weird power dynamics related to... Money and you know the yeah. ability to exert control through those means is—it's um, interesting, and a lot of times it's done really badly too. I mean, there are—I so, mean, how many like obnoxious, you know, sort of almost Sweet Valley High throwbacks are there that <laughs> 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 like just sort of accept privilege and don't analyze it in any way that's yeah. sort of even related to the real world? Yeah, it's, um, but I
1: think Just One Day is <laughs> very relatable. Yeah, And especially in the way she handles that situation. But I have seen a lot of negativity um, in the direct, in that direction from yeah. people.
0: Yeah, and it's just interesting to me because it's yeah. something that I struck. It, because it could have been obnoxious. Yeah. Like, I mean, if it, in a less skilled writer who wasn't so. I mean, Gail Foreman does so many little things in her books that make things feel very. Layered, Authentic, yeah. yeah, and very real. And um, in a less skilled writer, that story could have been really annoying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree.
0: It's, um, but it's not because she's so sensitive to so many. I don't know sort of realities of being that age, and she actually writes about that age really well. That sort I of older to me. Yeah. Um, it's almost not uh, not YA ish. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So. And there were a few other books that you had, because you made an awesome list. I did. So I didn't have to do any work. Um, I contributed, like, two things. Um, (laughs) To this awesome list of books to talk about, actually. (laughs) And one of them, and I haven't gotten to read it yet, because it's sitting in my pile of books to read. Um, Which one? The Lucy Variations. Mm Mm-hmm. And which is out in May? Yes. Yes. And, but you did, I would like to hear more about why that, what that book does. That's put you on the spot. Oh, well, this subject. so
1: the Lucy Variations uh, is coincidentally uh, focused on a girl named Lucy. And <laughs> I'm stunned. <laughs> I have really, like,
0: knocked me over with a feather. Yeah, and
1: she is a really gifted piano player. She and her brother both are, actually, but she has uh, given up her career as a piano player, um, due to some personal issues, and it's, her family is not very pleased about this, and she is quite privileged, um, I would say her family is very, very wealthy. Like, beyond Allison yeah, and Jess like, like beyond, not sort of way like, beyond not like the, class. like, my dad's yeah. a doctor,
0: but the, like... My dad owns My a dad hospital. My dad is on the board yeah. of
1: this really influential <laughs> institution. Um, and it's something that she really struggles with and reflects on a lot throughout this book is how she feels like she should have wanted this and it was how she doesn't appreciate it. And, you know, she really is quite hard on herself. Um, but I... It, it deals really well with the question of, if you're good at something, should it be what you pursue just because you're good at it, even if you don't necessarily like it? Oh my, I have thoughts on that subject, but um, And when your family yeah. has money, like, I'm, to give this, give you this career and... Where you can pursue it without hesitation. Especially dealing with an arts career. I thought that was really interesting. Because mm-hmm. that's not a direction parents would normally push their children in. No, I feel like. it's not. Um, but because she, her family has a history in this area. Mm-hmm. And the piano means a lot to them. Um, and when she goes off on the competition circuit, her brother is kind of like thrown into her It's, it's like he, he takes
0: the the place yes. But
1: I would say that he likes it. That was my interpretation. Um, so I thought that book was really interesting, the way it dealt with that subject. and she, I thought she was quite hard on herself as far as being aware that this was something that she should want, and why doesn't she want it, and what does she want, you know? That's
0: such a, I think, And I don't think yeah.
1: money helps... People figure that out ever
0: <laughs> no because that's really hard <laughs> um, I promise this podcast won't come and go become like sarah can't figure out her career yeah. still <laughs> but um, that's like it. i'm like oh i need to read that i'm bumping that up in the reading queue because that's
1: why. <laughs> um, i mean of course it's sarah's art so she does a really amazing. Well, job.
0: and she's—I mean, because she's on the other side of the coin, like, um, oh, like sweethearts. Yeah. I mean that she handled, um, you know, the reality of the kids in that book so so well. Yes. I and agree. you know, story of a girl which has so many layers of like. Challenging family dynamics Related to You know The economic situation And And She's passed that Into a short book That book is like 192 pages Yeah That is a short book And the The elements That are in Are mind blown Like I don't know How did she do that I don't know Like from a sort of Craft perspective Like Mm -hmm. I don't know How she Like I think about that book And there's so many things That are like Really like Sort of faced Head on And she just and it's like you don't, you almost don't even feel it happening. It's yeah. Just, and then the book's done. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: what did you just do?
0: <laughs> because that family has, I mean, and that's another, actually, that could have been quite stereotypical. Yes. And it's not it's at not. all. And it also didn't have the sort of like big redemptive arc either it was very she let those characters quiet author yeah she lets the characters go in the place that they need to go and doesn't force them to have i mean i love happy endings but she doesn't force them to have yeah an unrealistic or hard to believe ending yes she lets them have some redemption but it's was it a book club last week? I kept saying, yeah. "Like Czar is so mean," <laughs> 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 because like she lets you just have a taste of what things might be like for these people, and you yeah. want, you hope it's going to be good, but you never you really never know. really know. <laughs> she's so mean that way, <laughs> no. but that's also why she's so good at what she does. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: she's not like Reese Brennan, who seems to.
0: Well Well, Okay but she's like She likes to screw with her readers Yeah she really does And she's really proud of it
1: Yeah she posts lots of stuff on Tumblr About how proud she is of it
0: Yeah I I actually kind of She's very Sarah Rose Brennan While she grew up in England mostly She is so Irish in her (laughs) Because she has that Irish thing Like I can say anything I want as long as I do it with a smile on my face, it's uh, so one of the reasons I love Ireland. But she has that. She, I went to one of her events, and she was pretty funny with her. Like people are like, "You're so mean," and she's like, "I know," uh, <laughs> and everyone's just eating it up. <laughs> so anyway, um, also on our list, and we're still in sort of like the YA list, was um. Maggie Steve, Vader's The Raven Boys, which has been another sort of, like, interestingly controversial book. And, uh, um, and that's, I mean, that's also hard to sort of talk about in a really encompassing way, because it's the first in a four-book series, so yes. it'll be interesting how that, all the, um, elements of that series shake out, but, you know, there are the, the, are there four boys? Yes. Yeah. I was like, I could only think of three names. But I knew there was one I was missing. The four boys who go to um, the very fancy boarding school in Virginia. Yes. And um, Gancy in particular has like crazy money. Yes. Like you know he'd probably be hanging. His parents would probably be hanging out with Lucy's parents. From yes. The, from <laughs> Lucy very <Mary's laughs> <laughs> <laughs> much. Um, and just has I mean like he's he's kind of clueless a little bit in some ways about... I think that's realistic. Yeah, but he kind of, like, wants to, you know, he has one of his friends is from, it's a townie who goes to the school, and, Mm -hmm. um, like, he kind of, it's interesting, that series is actually kind of interesting, the sort of townie versus, Uh because my husband grew up in a town like that, Mm -hmm. where there's the townies and the people at the, like, fancy private college, Right. and there's always, like, this sort of cluelessness in that. In that dynamic, yeah. Um, but I could have hate I could actually could have easily hated Gansey if he wasn't like sort of so eccentric.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I thought I, I always felt like with him that he tried to be aware. He but tried he just was so not hard in a position to get it because of the way he was raised, which was not something under his control. No, he
0: was raised. He was, and he was. It was interesting because he was raised in a without a lot of sort of awareness of other people. yeah, and, it, and
1: I think that's a reality for a lot of these kids with money is that their parents put them in this sheltered environment. They're just like, we can afford to put them in a sheltered environment to like like bubble
0: back world <laughs> away. It actually reminded me, because I, I did PR for a large school district in New Mexico. Yeah. And so I had the unfortunate title of this... this of Director of Community Services and Public Information Officer. So when you have a title like that, right, and Laura's looking at me like, oh, God. That's <laughs> awful. It, it was awful. It was the worst job on earth. I'm just like, people, uh, people. Oh, it was, yeah. So, um, they, so when you have a title like that, the public thinks that you are essentially like an information desk um slash community outreach slash person that they can just go air their grievances to so one of my regular experiences was about once a week I'd have a parent come in to my office and this town that I my job was in was a very very divided town everyone was either incredibly wealthy um like like Gene Hackman lives in that town
1: oh. i mean
0: yeah, and a lot of like Shirley MacLaine lives in that town like a lot of very wealthy people mm-hmm. live in this town or they are just, I mean, incredibly impoverished. Like, yes. there's very little middle class in this town. And as a result, the school system was very divided. And there were essentially, like, the rich public schools and the poor public schools. And um, it was because of the way the geographic nature of this town. Mm-hmm. Like, the north side of town was wealthy and the south side of town was not. But what you started to see is there were parts of the town where, like, the, the, sort of the wealthy people who weren't ridiculously wealthy... We're having, as the town got more expensive, we're having to move closer and closer and closer to the not wealthy parts of town. Mm -hmm. And with schools, because they're done geographically, um, people were having to go to school with kids who were not of their same social class. Yeah. And in this town where it always been very divided, that was like a real affront to people's reality of having to interact with people not just like them. And I, on a regular basis, would have a parent come in, and I could see out my window, because I had a view of the parking lot. It was a very glamorous job, with my view of the parking <laughs> lot. I could see them get out of there. It was like, I would know. I would honestly, I would know when it was, like, one of these people. Get out of there, Lexus, because, like, that's, like, these Lexus SUVs were, like... The thing. The thing. I've never seen so many Lexus SUVs. as in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And um, they would come into my office, and they would be like, I... My child should not be in a class with those kids. Like, and they would say that out loud because they'd spent so many... Because they'd been in elementary school where they'd really, really been sheltered because there were all these little, tiny elementary schools. Mm -hmm. And then when they got to middle school, they had to be in a school with those kids. And it was a very traumatic thing because they dedicated so much time to isolating their kids from the reality of the town they lived in. Yeah. And so it's like... And that is like a really... Like, I because I also dealt with these kids a lot as they were teenagers because I had... My job was really stupid because I shouldn't have had to deal with kids. (laughs) sounds awful. Um, But, like, they really, like, had a hard time knowing because what they were being told, the way they had to function and who they had to interact with, what they were being told explicitly by their parents was very different from their day-to-day reality. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for those kids. Like, really, really hard for those kids to sort of... Honor the isolation their parents wanted them to live in, and yeah. like have to function in the real world. Yeah, and it was an interesting, very interesting experience for me personally because I, the town I grew up in was like relatively kind of mostly everyone was the same. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, in some ways, um, but it it kind of it it did not. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of the Raven Boys, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> but um, they that that parental not like that sort of put the bubble on the kid thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's getting worse as you know the sort of helicopter parenting is the thing. The thing these
1: days. Yeah.
0: That sounds very high stress. As <laughs> long as not a parent, that sounds high stress. <laughs> helicopter parenting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I grew up in a house that was quite strict, um, and I think that my parents definitely tried to keep me in a certain bubble, but at the same time, like, I could go to my room and they didn't really know what I was doing sometimes, you know? It's just weird. I don't really feel like they were helicoptering me. Um, the way I see some parents hover these days, but that's just my. <laughs> it seems different to
0: me. <laughs> oh, I just kicked Laura. Oh my she, god, I'm so mad. And, yeah, and Laura doesn't wear real shoes. So <laughs> I always, whenever I accidentally, and for some reason I'm like kind of a spaz, and I, um, whenever I accidentally kick Laura, I always am worried I'm like injuring your shoeless no, feet.
1: No, I'm fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it, I'm
0: tough. <laughs> uh, and, uh, one of the books that I read that did this, that represented, like, class and privilege terribly, and I don't know if I've ever told you about this book, it's terrible, and, like, it's one of those, like, I'm a, I'm sort of almost a serial did not finisher, like, I start so many books, and, like, do like, three chapters, and I'm like, nope, not happening, (laughs) I do it all, it's, it's, I do it all the time, um. And, but this one, it's like, I kept reading because I kept wanting it to be better. Yeah. Like it was one of those things, is um, Where I Belong by Gwendolyn Heasley, and it came out, I think, like, three years ago or something. I haven't even heard it. And this. it has a cute cover. I mean, it's just adorable. I am not, I'm such a sucker for cute covers. It's like this girl in this yellow dress, and she's wearing cowboy boots, and this um boy and they're sitting on the fence on this fence in like what's clearly like somewhere rural and i'm like oh my goodness not only does that have this cute cover it's like the book clearly takes place in somewhere rural which makes me really happy because it's like every book for teens takes place in the suburbs it seems like yeah um so or like sort of the cute small town yeah and like i'm sorry but i grew up in the sticks and like most small towns are not cute and, um, they're not, like, at all. And so, I mean, maybe they are in, like, I don't know, the East Coast or somewhere where, like, small towns are charming or something. But... Yeah. Out West. Touristy. Yeah, out West they suck. And, um, they do! <laughs> You've been to my hometown, haven't you? I haven't been to Cambie. You haven't been to Cambie? No. I will take you on a tour, Cambie, someday. <laughs> and whenever I, st- whenever I talk about my hometown, my accent changes, which is kind of weird. Um... Anyway, uh, so this one, in this book, um, and you'd think it'd be really timely as well, the premise is that um, this girl lives in New York City, in Manhattan, with her family, um, and during the massive economic collapse, family loses all their money, which has happened to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a really, um, and I'm actually surprised there hasn't been more fiction addressing this, to be quite honest. And, um, they, the parents end up sending their daughter to live with her grandparents in rural, rural, rural Texas, like four hour drive from Dallas, um, rural Texas. And, um, which the mother has kind of, um, the mother's never, who is from that, this very, very tiny community in Texas. Um, the mother's never taken her daughter even to this town has kind of pretended that she's you know I mean this all sounds not like a Texas, yeah, yeah. this all sounds like a really promising premise yes like, it does you know like families sort of always pretended they were you know sort of always a Manhattan kind of thing um lots of interesting ideas with like sort of playing a role all right right could be great <laughs> absolutely terrible do not read this book um <laughs> that sounds awful that's terrible I shouldn't tell people not to read a book but it's really not handled well at all it's um Uh, you know, the girl is very shallow. And that happens. Like, honestly, I think if you grow up in some Especially, like, New York City, which is such a weird Mm. bubble. I mean, even though it's, like, so diverse and there's so much happening. Like, if you, you know, grow up on, you know, what is the Upper East Side of New York City. You go to private schools all your life. And you have sort of everyone, you know, is, you know, 14 and has designer everything. Like, I am sure it is very easy for your world to kind of be... A little tilted yes um so that i felt accurate but the whole um she goes to rural texas you know and you know learns that money isn't everything i mean this is basically the the crux of it <laughs> and that not everyone who doesn't live in you know the upper I don't, i'm so bad at my i, I don't like me I don't, don't hate me i don't
1: really know the city I'm, at all
0: so i'm I can... it's It's the Upper East Side, the Upper, I don't know.
1: I think they're both really wealthy Whatever's
0: right by Central Park, I don't know. I I really don't like New York. And it's stressful, it's too big. (laughs) Anyway, too many people, they're moving too fast, they're rude. (laughs) They are! (laughs) And everyone's wearing high heels, and I'm like, I just can't wear high heels and walk on like a city street. And um, it's very stressful for me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I would probably fall over, so... It's... Yeah, it's I've just, never really done it, though. <laughs> it's
0: not good. And, um, it's just so, so, so... Um, it just relies on stereotypes as a plot device. And mm-hmm. there's no nuance to the main character's privilege whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just very much... It's all related to the things she has. Oh. And so not, it's
1: not... quite materialistic, it's,
0: then? Yeah. It's very much related, like, all of her... Being this very privileged character is is really related to that, and I know there are people like this. I mean, I do realize that I'm not so naive as to think there aren't people who are just so completely materialistic. But there's no sophisticated exploration of, you know, really what it would be like to lose to to lose your social standing in that way, mm-hmm. um, and which is why that kind of like the hook for me was that it was I mean that like that would be really hard. Like, Again, that's got to be the reality that, especially teens, like where you're not even really involved in the family finances yeah. to go through that and not really understand what caused it. Yeah, um, you know, or like
1: to have this idea that your parents were
0: invincible and could invincible just always or
1: responsible, you and know, and that your parents
0: could always take care of you. Right. I mean, to, and so all of that stuff, which I thought I just assumed was going to be part of this book. It wasn't there. And so it really was, like, completely all of her idea of privilege was... And then losing her, her economic advantages were really wrapped up in the things she no longer had. And mm-hmm. wanting to get back the things that she had had previously. And so her character arc really is she goes to this town in Texas, lives with their grandparents, who are really nice people, who are, quite honestly, they're total stereotypes, too. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, they're sort of nice, decent, hardworking people, and they drive a crappy truck, and I, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of issues with the the way that was handled, too, but um, it just was really, really disheartening, because it was really, she learns that People in who don't have money are worth hanging out with too. I mean, that is sort of the resolution to the book, um, and that's it's not deep; it has no depth. And I don't expect. I mean, there are. I mean, there's a reason like Sweet Valley High was so popular when I was a kid. You know, yeah. it is this sort of fantasy land, but I mean, it was it was really like if I can't. I hated Sweet Valley High, so I, I can't remember. Where are they? Jessica and
1: Elizabeth Wakefield.
0: Yes. It was like they went to Texas to be with the little people. And, of course, I'm going to spoil this book. So, you know, if you were planning on reading Where I Belong, I'm going to spoil it. So close your ears for (laughs) a second. Eventually, the family's finances change, and she gets to go back to New York City. And there's a companion novel where one of the little people that she meets in Texas... Get somehow, like, gets a scholarship or something and goes and gets to hang out with her in, in Manhattan, Manhattan and feel like a fish out of water around all this sort of opulence and wealth.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be reading that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just, I mean, where it could have been, I mean, and that's the thing, like, I don't, I'm actually, I'm sure there, because I haven't read all the books. I'm going to say that every single podcast, just as a disclaimer, I haven't read all the books. In the world But it seems like that particular subject Given like the crap economic Mm -hmm. Times that we've been in for some time Is so ripe for Right you know For stories and I don't know In the YA world I There hasn't been a whole lot that I'm aware of that's been done well Um I don't know if you've seen anything I haven't really And because that's I mean That's the You know what a lot of kids are dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a hard thing. Someone should write that soon because you know it won't be timely anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have an audience of at least two of at least who two interested. Um,
0: <laughs> because I mean, really, but you know, it's and it, it's such a contrast because last year one of my favorite books. and This is an adult novel, so for all of you YA fans, I apologize, um, but. I it's no secret. I'm a big fan of Molly O'Keefe's books, and which
1: I have not read.
0: It, it, Sorry, she, Molly. She's she's a really, really, really wonderful writer, and she writes books with shirtless dudes on the covers. <laughs> 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 um, but they, I actually, I actually have a, I actually really think that those books could easily be repackaged and mm-hmm. like sold to a whole different market, and no one would notice um, because there's just so many layers of. Um, Sort of, I was like, sort of emotional authenticity to them. And in the second book in her series, her series that she published last year, um, which is, uh, they all take place around this ranch in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second book, there's one of the main characters who was a secondary character in the first book, and I hated her. In the, and I actually, it's really interesting what she does. <laughs> because this character in the first book is a right Pitch I mean honestly Like And it's just like She is so profoundly Unlikable in the first book Um And she's come from New York As well To Texas So sort of the same premise Another
1: one of them Yeah
0: And she Has basically Escaped New York Because Her Husband ran a Ponzi scheme Oh Fleeced all of their Like Upper class friends Of like A lot of money Which happens I mean it's kind of like A Bernie Madoff Sort of thing Yeah and, um he kills himself. I mean, it's really an awful yeah. it's an awful story. I mean the the premise is none of this is happens like on the page. so, um, like Rebecca, who like doesn't like sad books, really liked this book. Oh, so okay. yeah, um, so she's ended up in Texas on um her father's ranch um, all the the sub the, these two siblings both end up back on this ranch because the father dies. And they have to deal with a bunch of, like, the father's an asshole. And so they have to, seriously, like, he's, like, this awful human being. There's a lot of really bad people in these books. And um, he, um, she ends up back on this ranch in Texas that she's never really spent that much time in um, for a number of reasons. And in the first book, she just seems awful because she's rude and she's snobby and she's, like, always, like, she's trying to maintain this, like, mask of still being this person she was in New York because she doesn't really want people to know all the, like, basically how horrible her dead husband was, and, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, he's an awful person, and, like, how humiliating is that to have been, like... Yeah. And, like, all of her friends in New York hate her, understandably, and she basically has, like, no support system, and it's really sad! Like, it's really, like, her situation, when you find out in the second book, but you don't know any of this in the first book, it's really... Awful. Yeah, like it's really and and so like all this sort of mask she wears of trying to like look this certain way and like maintain that she is this person that she spent all this time trying to be is really 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 interesting and she ends up and she, it's this this is in many ways the same story as in the book that was really bad yeah but it's done in such a um, more. Complex way because right. she she realizes that she can be economically independent and like mm-hmm. fig- goes through this whole process of figuring out how to be a you know how to have a job and how to make money and how to like believe in her own sort of ability to determine mm-hmm. her future. It's, like, a romance. And, like, that's not even the part. I don't even really remember the part with the dude. Yeah. Like, what is his name? Oh, his name is Eli. He's kind of... He's a bit of a Tim Riggins type. Seriously. Uh, like, he just... I can always get on board
1: with that. Yeah,
0: he's definitely... a bit Because he has this, like... He, he just wants to, like, have his piece of property in Texas. And, like, basically, like, not cause any trouble. <laughs> like, raises horses. I mean, he really is. He's kind of, like, a little bit surly and kind of funny. And... Anyway, a yeah. little bit of a womanizer, like, but kind of like the quiet womanizer. <laughs> anyway, but, I mean, what I keep, what I remember from that book is her figuring out that the way she always had sort of, like, financial success determined in her mind <clears throat> to be that way. Like, right. she can be successful and economically independent on her own terms. And that's, like, a really, like, that's really unusual for, like, romance in particular. Like, yeah. I can, it's one of the things, reasons I just get mad and, like, can't, like, I keep, there's, I, I often get angry when I try to read things that are categorized as romance because it's just, like, the economic disparities and that sort of thing really, really bother me. Mm-hmm. So, but that was handled so, so well. I highly recommend that book. And it it's actually my least favorite of that series. Oh, interesting! <laughs> so, and the, you still really like I it? I loved it. It was fantastic. Um, the third book in that actually does a lot of interesting things that have you know, gender dynamics and you know economic disparities and a whole bunch of other things that are um, really unusual that are probably for another. Um, I have that sort of filed away as another thing to talk <laughs> about. So I won't go into that, but that's on my my mental list of um, the things we want to talk about at some point. But, um, and then another one I had on my list was Unsticky by Sarah Manning, which is just one of the, I don't know, weirdest books I've read. Not like the book is bizarre, but if you read the description, it sort of sounds like a bit of a, almost like a Fifty Shades of Grey paradigm. Yeah. Like, not with the S&M stuff, but like, super, super wealthy dude, and not at all <laughs> wealthy, younger woman who they have, like, this deal. Um, I actually haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey because, no.
1: Yeah. Just not no. not going to do that.
0: <laughs> um, for a number of reasons. Um... I should tell the story of when my mom picked up 50 Jades to create Target. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about
0: that. I started waving it around and saying, Oh my god, there's a lot of sex in this (laughs) (laughs) book! Something like that. I wanted to die. This is why you shouldn't go to Target with your mom. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it has that sort of sounds like that kind of premise, but. That has a lot of interesting things related to the same thing as as the other book I was talking about, where, um, but in this instance, the female character, she is, um, she's recently graduated from college, actually, she actually didn't graduate from college, um, she's recently left college, Mm -hmm. and, um, has just a crap job at a magazine, doesn't make any money, has like, has a shopping addiction, like, she actually has an addiction to shopping, And, like, in a clinical way. Like, it's very Mm -hmm. unhealthy. Has a spending addiction. Has all these credit cards she kind of hides from not just, like, the world, but from sort of herself. Like, she throws her bills under the bed. Sort of, yeah. She has, like, a real problem. And um, she sort of sees this way out through this dude. And it's really interesting how she transforms the way she thinks about money. And it's not, doesn't transform in the way that you would expect, and it doesn't transform in the way she expects either. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of very, um, because she really believes that if she can reach a certain level of economic status, that her life will be of a certain quality.
1: I think a lot of people think that.
0: And she realizes that that is not true. Yeah. Like, I
1: think that's a really common idea.
0: Yeah, it's a, and it's that book probably does that better than I've ever read in a book in terms of really and it's a that is a long book it's almost a six hundred pages oh that and is really long yeah book. it's a long book and she goes through this process and there's this one point where she has this opportunity to have a bunch of money and sort of have her this dream she sort of had on paper and it's. Her reaction to having that opportunity presented to her is is sort of a turning point in terms of her um, understanding that that is never going to be the solution. Mm -hmm. That that's never going to be what gives her happiness, and you know that can make life easier. Yeah, but that's it's not. I
1: mean, it's not to say that now having money doesn't make certain things in your life easier. But, oh, it, yeah, I mean, because I mean, uh, obviously in some ways it does, but... Um,
0: like, I would prefer to not have student loans that I have to pay off. Like, yeah. that would make my life easier, but...
1: Yeah, I mean. for sure. You know, I mean, obviously money is a stressful thing, and having to worry about it is stressful, but, I mean, I can say now that I think that I am a happy person, and I have... Way less money than
0: I did growing up. Yeah, I don't think that's. And I know people who have lots of money and are some of the most miserable people that I've ever met. Yes. So I don't necessarily think they are I It's an either or kind of proposition. Right. And exactly. I, I think that's actually why, like that, the book I was just talking about, and Sticky does such a good job of the character who has, like, honestly, he has a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. He is. So profoundly miserable. And it's interesting because that's a first-person point of view. And so you don't, as a reader, as you follow, like, you can kind of pick up on clues. The narrator doesn't. And she really believes that, like, his life is, like, perfection.
1: Interesting. It's
0: very interesting what Sarah... It's Sarah Manning. And she does a lot of... Her writing is very interesting in what she does with... um. Because she writes in the first she person. Australian? English. English. Okay. She writes in the first person, and she leaves these little crumbs Whereas the reader, you pick up on it, and you watch the narrator. Because, like, people are not particularly self-aware. Yeah. And she does it better than I think I've seen any, any especially the type of book. She writes these, like, contemporary books. She writes YA, too, but um, I actually haven't read any of her YA novels. Yeah.
1: Um, I haven't read anything by her, but... She's definitely on my list. Yeah, she
0: just, she leaves these little crumbs where you start to see things around the main character that they are not seeing themselves. Mm -hmm. But it never feels, um, it never feels manipulative or, um, like I keep thinking that book that you and I both thought kind of sucked. Um,
1: The one book that we both thought kind of
0: sucked? Yes, I know. Amelia Ann is Dead and Buried. Oh Yeah. Dead and gone. Dead and gone, (laughs) that's it. And um in that book, like she was trying to do that where she was like you could see things through the main character's eyes and like you're supposed to be picking up on stuff. But like I just thought honestly thought like the main character was just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) For not noticing like not understanding what was going on around her. So it's not like that. Sarah Manning doesn't do that. I really wanted to like that book. Actually, that book has some interesting class representations, too. um, Because essentially, like, all of the poor people in this rural part of... She says it's Appalachia, but the geography is, like, completely whack. Not Appalachia.
1: It's not Appalachia. (laughs) It's the Adirondacks.
0: It's like someone got those two places. They're not the same people. Adirondacks, Appalachia, totally different. (laughs) Totally different culturally, totally different geographically, different weather. Everything is different. Um, Because all the people in that town in Appalachia were basically poor and ignorant, and you know, not there's no nuance to them whatsoever. And then there were the people from you know the vacationers who were like sort of rich and snotty. Yeah. And there's like the, the touristy yeah, people. Yeah. There was there are absolutely no layers whatsoever to the depiction right. of social class in those in that book book made me mad, actually, the more I think about it.
1: Yeah, um, and there were a certain thing at the beginning of the book that I really enjoyed about how it was written and some of the language and stuff that I thought was really good and well done. but uh, the plot of the book kind of sucked. End up doing it for me. <laughs> I don't really know how else to say it, and I don't really want to be mean, but I didn't really end I, up Enjoying I am,
0: it. I am being mean, so
1: <laughs> it's my preference not to be, even though I, I am at times. I
0: am so rarely mean, so I will take this opportunity to say that book was not good, <laughs> and I'm baffled why it's been so praised. Um, usually, I understand like why people yeah. really like love a book, like even if I don't like it. And in that one, I'm just is I'm completely confused. I, I don't know what it is that resonates with people because it must yeah. just be the pretty writing. But
1: the writing was pretty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You had a couple of other books on this list that I actually hadn't noticed, which kind of makes me a bonehead. Which are Jessica Darling and Frankie. The, yeah. the Beautiful History of Frankie Landau Banks. And that last one is very interesting. Do tell, Laura. What do you want me, Frankie? To- what it's about, or <laughs> well, I mean, I because it's funny because it is a boarding school book that yeah. I don't believe I've ever seen that criticism levied up. Not that it's now. again, I haven't read all the reviews, just like I haven't read all of the books.
1: Actually, I think this book is interesting because it is a boarding school book where I haven't seen that. Yeah, criticism. I haven't either. And so I thought that was really interesting because a lot of at most times where you see a boarding school book. That's automatically a complaint
0: from some people, I think. Yeah, and and, and it's interesting, I mean, I guess, um, yeah, and I wonder what E. Lockhart did that's different that makes it not, Mm -hmm. because in some boarding school books, I mean, it is really glaring. I mean, there it is, uh, and sometimes it's almost like an elephant in the room. Yeah. Like, there's, like, these really wealthy kids, and they're sitting around, and they're just traumatized about everything. And it's well, I like... think it's really
1: interesting because this book, it has boarding school, mm-hmm. it has the prank war where these people can spend these massive amounts, amounts of, of, money. of money just yeah. dealing with this prank war that they're having, um, and you have the secret society, which is definitely mm-hmm. I would say a rich private school thing, yeah. but you don't see anybody getting upset about this book, and I find that very interesting. it is
0: interesting. I mean, I think part of it is probably honestly, because E. Lockhart is such a good writer, yeah. um, that, um, even though she doesn't really address that, yeah, specifically, that I can recall. It's been a couple of years since I read that book. But she is, and the other thing is, she, uh, the, the notion of, like, sort of the gender dynamics mm-hmm. is so strong in that, that it's that that is the thing I think of when I think of that book. Yes, like because that is such a strong theme, and I mean that's such a good book for discussion. Yeah. Like if you know you have like a book club, did our book club read that one, or did we, have, did I we just? I think most of us. I have think we just talked about it in. Um, in our book I think club. it might
1: have been an official
0: book. I moment. don't know. We don't really. Know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it is such an interesting book for discussion because it, the gender dynamics are so mm-hmm. interesting, and um, you know, it's one of those that goes on a lot of lists as being like a feminist book. And I, yes, you know, that's topic for a future podcast. I have it yes. on the list because um, <laughs> I have many thoughts on this particular subject, um, but. It is interesting that that's kind of like that, almost like that outlier. And I, yeah, um, and I do think it's probably because the other one, her writing is so good, right. but because the other stuff is so thoroughly addressed, it almost yeah. feels like if, like, well, if we threw privilege into the pot, then yeah. like,
1: <laughs> you know, it'd just be like,
0: you know, sort of a stone soup of, yeah, you know, sort of themes, I guess, um, you know. All right, Laura, what else do you have to say?
1: I think it's interesting in a lot of books where if somebody is privileged, but they're dealing with something, an issue, like, say, abuse or something like that, mm-hmm. then people overlook the privilege criticism. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that very interesting as well.
0: Well, I thought, you know, like Mindy did that. That was very interesting in Mindy Mindy Scott's book Mm -hmm. Live Through This Because the family Was pretty privileged And you know Coley is hiding a secret And making That character Live in this sort of outwardly perfect Seeming Mm -hmm. world Was really key to that story I
1: think so too Like if she had
0: been sort of in a You know sort of middle class You know Mom and dad are teachers or something like that Mm -hmm. That book wouldn't have been as strong yeah. because no, the sort of assumption of Coley's perfect life and her desire to and what's not, actually going on, yeah, and her yeah. desire and Coley's desire to not sort of, I sort of, I can't think of the right word, but she didn't want to shatter that assumption. She yeah. didn't want to sort of wreck people's view because sort of people's view of their world yeah. was very much like. Almost her own belief of yeah. that world. It was really um, key to sort of understanding the very really difficult her yeah. character and this idea. I mean, the, ultimately the the question that's addressed in that book is you know you hear this a lot, like oh well, why didn't they tell someone? Yeah. And what Mindy does is really tell you why someone didn't tell.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think that. I think she handled that really well.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I. It's, it's one of the. I think honestly is one of the better um, uses of sort of social classes. I keep. But Mindy does that. We talked. Did we talk about this last time? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. She does. She did that. The sort of the opposite in Free Fall, Free Fall so yeah. well. Um, Which is
1: one of my favorite
0: books. It is a really wonderful book. Um. You know because Seth's is a kid who lives in a trailer but it's not about being a poor kid who lives in a trailer right like and that's i think one of. so
1: i think that's the kind of book that katie is kind of looking for yes and i i recommended
0: that book to katie and i hope she reads it because i think she would appreciate the way that's that's handled i
1: kind of had a list going here
0: (laughs) I'm very big on lists, I everybody. Mean, well, I mean, it's, yeah, we're kind of thought, big on yeah, lists like in Jennifer general.
1: Eccles, I thought going too far, she was, you know, she had to work in her parents' mm-hmm. restaurant. She had to get a scholarship to college and things like that. Um, yeah. Such a rush.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because such a rush, like, in a sense, like, the main character's poverty is sort of an issue in that book. Yeah. Um, because she's dealing with a re- very real problem of like having to pay the rent and yeah. having to keep the electricity on. But it's not a book about having to pay the rent and having right. to keep the electricity on. Um and she's still um you know I able thought she to... was a very
1: strong character and she I really was... appreciated and
0: that. That's an interesting she's an interesting character because um, her name's Leah. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Last year I read so many books with main characters with that name. Um wow. <laughs> But she... That's an interesting book because also she's doing this thing. that She's a pilot, which is this Mm -hmm. just ungodly expensive... Right. um, ...activity to be involved in. And so, like, money is always at the forefront of her mind.
1: Right. And, like... And it's really interesting to see how people perceive how she was affording this yes i thought that was really interesting and well done
0: and because she she almost cultivates a persona of being and she calls herself like this sort of white trash trailer park girl yeah and she sort of cultivates this persona of like this sort of like hard scrabble you know girl from the trailer park and it's um interesting as a result how other characters in that book perceive her in a certain way and right. make a lot of assumptions about who she is. Right. So there's a lot of um, a lot of interesting dynamics related to social class. And that's, I mean, at its core, that book is in a lot of ways just a romance, but it's got a lot of...
1: I think it's um, a lot more than that, though. Jennifer
0: Eccles does a lot of the same type of stuff as Molly O'Keefe does. Yeah. I actually think their books are really similar. And even though Molly writes for adults and Jennifer, except for her new book, writes for teens the types of things they explore mm-hmm. related to, like, identity and um, social class and self-determination and all that kind yeah. of stuff. They're very, very similar thematically. I sort of see them as, like, um, very, I don't know, what is, like, is Rita real likes? Is that what people, you know, you hear that term? Like, if you like this, then you oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because they, they address those things in a similar way without sort of, like, smacking you over the, with it it's sort of like yeah. a reality and here are the things that go along with that reality and it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. so and they're both kind of funny too <laughs> yeah, i wonder if jennifer Eccles, if she likes friday night lights you
1: know i think that she should i'm, just, she going to be- <laughs> I'm just going to believe i'm just gonna i'm just gonna, be-
0: <laughs> I just gonna believe that she does because we know that Molly is probably the biggest Friday Night Lights fan on the um That's our most author
1: most uh, authors Yeah, we that should we actually
0: encounter. do a whole podcast about authors who like Friday Night Lights yeah. and their books. And we'll alienate like half of our listeners, but we'll probably like <laughs> Honestly, because I mean how many Google searches do we get a day like landing on the website that are like Friday Night Lights related searches? Oh, a lot. That you would know. But. Um, so, but Molly is a huge Friday Night Lights fan, so, um, you know, it's... Actually, we could talk about Friday Night Lights and the way social class is depicted because that's pretty interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think they do a really
0: good job of <laughs> it. They do a really good job of it, and especially in the last two seasons when, you know, Coach Taylor has to deal with the reality of, like, not, like, having kids on his team who don't have resources. Right. And, like, that's really hard. And yeah. it's, like, his sort of, like... Realization that like wow this is tough is yeah. really kind of one of the best character arcs in the whole series. We should do a whole podcast about Friday Night Lights.
1: Yeah, we could do multiple
0: ones. We right? could. <laughs> who wants to come, Who wants to Skype in and talk to us about Friday Night Lights? <laughs> we'll start the sign-ups now. <laughs> so anyway, um, there were a few other books on this list that um, you know Wander Love. It has some interesting stuff, which is yeah. I highly recommend. It. And I never even, I, mean, I have, like, a draft of a post written about how awesome that book is. And I never have written that. It's, like, six months later. It's a fantastic yeah. book.
1: I really enjoyed that book.
0: Um, and the other one was The Disenchantments. Yes. And I actually... I
1: love that book!
0: I, that's almost one I want to reread, because I really, really thought it was good. Um, But I actually don't remember a whole lot about it, which is kind of a strange... um, I just remember thinking
1: like... I think that book is more atmospheric than people give it credit for.
0: I think that book had a huge disservice done to it by having the the wrong cover. Yes. Um, But I I think that book is woefully underrated. But um, I actually don't remember really well what the sort of social class stuff was in that book.
1: I think it's pretty clear that they're upper middle class. I mean, they live in San Francisco, which is yeah. ungodly expensive. Yeah, um, and, you know, and they're all going to most of them are pursuing college. They go to an arts art high school, school, which yeah. I think is generally associated with people who have enough money to pursue those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Which is which art. Can su- be honestly, art supplies you know? are expensive. Yeah, like or you know just. Lesson, or just having the freedom to be like, you can pursue this as a career because we can afford to let you do this as opposed to, right, you and know, being like, you need to think about the reality of the situation and get a job that will pay your bills. Yeah, and, you one of the kids, and I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah, and
0: they're talking about going to Europe and yeah. a lot of stuff that's sort of that they have the opportunity to think about those things mm-hmm. that aren't... Not all young people are presented with those opportunities. Yeah, that book is really that. I need to reread that because that she did a lot with that book. I think so. Huh. I I, I like hold still. I mean, I think a lot
1: me. of people thought it was too angsty, but angst is
0: kind of my thing, so <laughs> <laughs> it really not bother me at all. It <laughs> <laughs> was really funny. Is I don't think of you as a very angsty person. Like, but I really like angsty books. This you really do. Like you really maybe you get all of your like like angst out just through books and just sort of move on with life. Yeah. It's very healthy, you know. <laughs> so, it is very angsty. Um, and it's a boy angsty book that yeah. you don't but like. But I,
1: I really felt like it it captured a lot of what is difficult. About growing up. Yeah. um, And figuring out who you are and what you want to do and how to accomplish that. And I think that, like I was saying before, and to relate it to our
0: podcast, oddly enough, it you know, money doesn't really help with that. (laughs) No, it really doesn't. And, I, I mean, honestly, and that's sort of, I mean, all of the ones that we have mentioned are all... All sort of ha- touch on that in uh, in varying degrees of subtlety. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think there's something to be said for looking at that from lots of different points of view. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, and sometimes it is hard to, um, because another book that I, um, the people often criticize is, you know, Revolution. Right. By Jennifer Donnelly, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> I and, really
1: enjoyed that book, um, yeah. You know,
0: and the main character in that book is going through just... A lot of really horrible things And, but She has a very, very privileged upbringing Yes And, um, that's been one that's There's been a lot of division um, About that particular yeah, book Yeah,
1: I, I find it really interesting that It seems like Some Of the criticisms I've noticed Seem to think that the fact that she's privileged Should make the horrible things she's going through easier And, then and it, it doesn't
0: yeah, and, and, and for her, she really does not have the tools to make things better for herself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really um, an interesting... It, she And Jennifer Donnelly is a really good writer, and she never really sort of says, well, she doesn't have the tools to make... She doesn't know how to function, she doesn't know how to make her life better, but she right. really... She doesn't, and she's and really
1: surrounded by a lot of unhealthy things. Yeah, like at school with the people she hangs out with,
0: very um, just like destructive, life. unhealthy, yeah. and a lot of those behaviors and negative things are really facilitated by her peers. Yeah, and like her peers, <laughs> Which is just
1: the normal thing, I think, when you're that age. Yeah, and know? it's
0: it's sort of I think amplified in her particular situation because. Her peers just have access to whatever they want. Yes, like it's a very, I mean, like they can afford to like buy cocaine. Yeah, which I understand is expensive. Yes, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really
1: I don't. Mean, that's what they say. <laughs> that's right? what they say. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it, I think it's generally classified as a rich person. It's a
0: drug. Right. <laughs> and um, but in general, it's it's interesting because she has no real. She's, she's so ill-equipped to function when bad things happen. Right. And, um, you know, and she ends up in Paris. And, I, man, though, I have to say, like, I'm kind of jealous of all these people ending up in Paris. Um, yeah, I've never <laughs> been there, but I'd
1: love to go. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> the food is excellent. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, I think this is actually a discussion that will probably continue at some point because mm-hmm. it's um, – now my brain is even going more and there's more I'd like to talk about. But we're unedited at one hour and sixteen minutes. So I don't don't oh, I want to do that. that I, don't wanna, I don't want to I don't want to cause anyone's ears to bleed um by talking much more <laughs> about this subject. But um make sure to um I'll put a list of all the books that we've talked about. Um, up on the post associated with this podcast. So, um, if you, you know, want to take a, check out some of those books, um, just go back to com and click on the podcast link, and it will take you right to um, this post so you can read more about those um, particular books. And... Thanks so much to all the wonderful comments on our first podcast. Yes, um, I was
1: concerned that there would be some negativity, and, and it would have been very yeah, and they were
0: additive. really positive, and they were honestly like so many of the comments got me thinking about other things that I want to talk about. Yes, and so we really appreciate it and like love, Katie's comment. Like Katie's comment <laughs> got me thinking about so many things. Yes, and um, so I'd love to hear more about your guys' thoughts because this was really great, and yeah. hopefully we can continue these conversations thank you thank you thanks for listening to the clear eyes full shelves podcast be sure to check out our book reviews recommendations opinion and all around nerdy badassery at clear or on twitter at full shelves and make sure to subscribe to the podcast and itunes until next time clear eyes full shelves can't lose